Welcome to Legends with Bevo. Thanks to the Holdy, Coopers, and Anytime Fitness Glenelg. Our very first ever live Legends with Devo down here at the Alma Hotel. And what an absolute pleasure tonight to be joined by one of the best ever Nord footballers of all time, two time Premiership player in 1982 and 1984, a Megara medalist in 1981, Sample Hall of Fame inductee, and 15 times he represents the state as well. The great Michael H. Great to have you on a chat for Legends with Devo, mate. Yeah, good on you, Bevo. I don't know if you. I don't know if you can call a great Bevo, but um, I certainly enjoyed the career and um, 15 years, so it was, it was enjoyable, that's for sure. Oh, I think you're a very modest man, mate, with your career, certainly that deserves greatness, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about your journey though, because it's obviously a very interesting one. You, you played all your footy at Nord, which in this day and age is, is um, quite unusual because there's so much, you know, back in the days of, of loyalty is out the window now because there's so many players that play at more than one club, but you did it, you played more than 300 games, 307, I think. 307, yep, correct. At Nord. Talk us through the journey and, uh, and, and how you, uh, you, know, you got to play league footy at Nord. Well, actually, it's an interesting journey, Bevo, because it nearly started. Well, it actually all started out at West Adelaide in their in their mini league, because my my school was in their district. So, and we had quite a few uh, Rex Johns, ex Port Adelaide, John Judd, ex South Adelaide, uh, myself or Dad. Um, so we we played for, for West Adelaide mini league. And then yet I lived in the West Torrens district, so I was eligible to play for West Torrens or Norwood. So I decided that it was probably a better idea to play for Norwood than it was. And look, it's only a natural progression really because I, I, you know, I'd always worry about, not worry about it, I'd always say, well, what's Norwood's score? I'd be interested in their score, I wouldn't worry about anything else. Uh, but I did actually end up going to first up to West Torrens because they rang me up and said come out to training so I went out there and Neil Curley was coach, Neville Roberts, Bruce Lindsay with the, the guns out there and you know, I've just come out of school and I'm thinking man this is Tuesday night I got introduced by David Mackay, ex-Carlton, went out there, trained, that was on the Tuesday night and then come the Thursday night Curley says right we're going to have finals like training and at the end of the, I was exhausted and at the end of the night they sprinted a lap and I'm just last by a mile and anyway you know you, you always go in and they have the cordial and you know like it's magnificent the cordial and I've had about 20 cups of that cordial and and then I'm so, I'm having a shower and you've got the greats like Roberts, Lindsay, P um, Peter McSporrens, Filippo, all these guys that have been there a long time and I'm just having a shower and then all of a sudden the cordial is starting to play a bit of havoc and I've bolted to the toilet and just spewed everywhere. Was crook everywhere and that was my introduction. And then Nord got a hold of it through Mike Coward, who's a Nord man who is the advertiser journalist. He wrote in the paper that I was out there and then Nord are on the phone straight away to my dad, Wally Miller, and said, um, what's going on? And so then, then he actually got Alan Killigrew, who coached my dad, to take my brother and myself in 1978 to the, I think it was the first semi-final against Sturt, which we got beaten. And then I went to that grand final. So Nord got into that grand final. Of course, 
won by a point, one or something. We as a family went out to the parade, couldn't get near the place, and so we, and then six weeks later, you're out there training. So it was, it was surreal, really, because you just, oh uh, yeah, okay, I'll go and play, and 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 started out there. So premiership side, and was lucky enough to be, as you said, 15 years uh, as a, as a player. And two premierships, of course, in 1982 and 1984. One of them was, was against my Magpies, mind you. Hey, she, but, uh, oh, well, hey, if I knew you were Magpies, <laughs> I wouldn't be here, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, talk us through those two premierships. And um, I guess, uh, out of the two, which one was uh, more special? Oh, well, look, there's no brainer. It was really more special. But 82, I actually remember sitting in the stand, 82. We'd played Port to get to, to go into the grand final. And then, so we went to the Premier Final and there's Glenelg playing Port. And that's the game that I reckon Danger, oh not Danger, Granger has, has built a Cornsy. And not only has he built a Cornsy, I reckon he might have built um, another guy as well. So, and it was a tough game and Glenelg got through. So they were pretty done, I think, by that time. And we were a bit fresh and we got into the Grand Final. Neagle kicked six. Roberts goes okay. We we're pretty dominant, you know. weren't really, you know, challenged at all, and we're lucky enough to win. So that was great. And then coming, '84 was coming from fifth and playing against the arch enemy. So that was the, you know, the, the most pleasing, I think, without a doubt, because we we were halfway during the season. We we're looking like we're not going to get in there, and then all of a sudden, we've had a bit of a run. We won so many games on the trot. I think the only one we did lose was Weston's kicked a torp on the run or something from the wing and has bounced through. It's the only one we didn't win. And then every game, so so 84 elimination final against South, that was probably, we'd play them the week before and won by about eight goals. And then we we fronted up against them and it was, it was a bit tough there for a while, but then we ran away from it in the end. So that was probably the easiest of the games. And then we played uh, Centrals. And it was blowing a gale and it was just terrible. And we were under the pump. We were with the wind in the last quarter. And it was tough. And we managed to get over the line by, I don't know, 11, 12, you know, 14 points or something like that. And then we played Glenelg. And another, Glenelg kicked extremely badly. You know, like I, I sometimes get on YouTube and watch it and I'm thinking man they had they had about 10 more scoring shots I reckon anyway we won that one and then come against Port in 84 coming from fifth first time to come on fifth tough game Evans and Balm you know like before the game have a bit of a tater tate a bit blowy and whatever and we were just fortunate enough to get over the line by nine points and it was I guess when I say so I played in two grand finals, as you correctly said, 82 and 84, as a relatively young player. So what, I started in 79 at 18. Okay, so by the time 79, 81, 82, you know, you're 21, and then about 24. I don't think you really, well, I don't think you really appreciate what winning a grand final is all about when you're young. And unfortunately, after that, we got into three preliminary finals in the late 80s and lost them all. And, and I'm sure 
at the latter end of my career, if I'd actually won a grand final, you would just savour it a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I've won one flag myself and lost a few actually, so I know exactly what that's all about. Um, now, let's talk about that rivalry between Port and Nord. Um, as a Magpie supporter, as I've touched on before, um, one thing I just loved doing actually was just going down with my parents and watching the, the Port Nord games, you know, whether it be Alberton Oval, whether it be Nord Oval, or the finals at Footy Park, of course, and it was just awesome. Talk us through that, that bit of rivalry though, you, you know, why are you guys, you know, hate each other so much? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to use that terminology, but I go a bit softer and say dislike. Uh, but look, yeah, Port Adelaide, without a doubt, most successful club, supporter base, fantastic. Uh, just expect to win. Uh, tough, ruthless. But it was in in grounding to me as a kid because obviously my father played 10 years for the Nord Footy Club and you know like, what, what's he going to tell you you know like same thing happened back then that it is what it is so you just think right oh I did the same to my kids you know my mates I'm sorry my my kids are good uh, mates with Keith Thomas's boy who's now gone to the dark side and Smart uh, man. yeah <laughs> but you know like they, they they rib each other a fair bit but I look I don't know I don't know what there's certainly the respect is there. The, uh, as you say, there, there, there is probably hate there, but it's it's it's, it's not hate in, in like the, the true terminology is hate. But I think you just actually probably because they were so successful, maybe a little bit arrogant. I don't know, but they could afford to be because they were so successful. So you know, where the where the eastern eastern side toffs it at the parade and there, the working car, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was, look, it, hey, you knew that when you played Port Adelaide, like I remember my second second year uh, going down there in a trial game and old, old Dave, you know, I wasn't quite ready for the bump and busted the collarbone. But I reckon, I reckon, I remember the players saying to me, wait till you go down to the Albert and the play. You know, like uh, that is when you're out there on the deck, mate. It is another, another atmosphere. Anyway, I remember going down there once, and I'm sitting down. It would have probably been my second year, maybe third. I don't know. And we're sitting down. I'm sitting the old grandstand, you know, where the bowling club is, and you're walking down. And I'm sitting down there. And I'm thinking, man, you know, like that, that period from 12 o'clock to two o'clock, the worst. You know, like you just. You're watching a bit of the twos, you're worrying about what's going on and you're thinking, man, I don't, I just want to get out there, right? And I'm sitting in this little, I'm sitting in this little, I don't know, steps. And then there's the other steps about 10 metres away where people are going up. And I'm just minding my own business. And I reckon she would have been about 60. And this woman just starts paying me out before I even get out there. And I said to the guys, I thought you said it was tough on the field. You know, and I hadn't even actually got out there yet, but you know, like the atmosphere out there, you know, they expect you expect to get given heaps. And you know, back in those days, like she's packed. So atmosphere at, at Alberton reasonably enclosed, but you know, the parade, like the atmosphere there is it's really um, mate, it it you look back and you think, man, the games are tough. There was a heap of respect. Uh, sometimes we'd build them. Most of the times they'd be good games. 
they'd build us sometimes, we'd build them sometimes, very rarely would that happen, that they'd be very close. So look, you just you just respect because of the, the tradition, you know, their success. And in, in essence, you know, you probably might think, you know what, I wish we had as much success as they did because, you know, we were, we were a reasonable side, but we certainly didn't have the success they did. And there's been a lot of talk about modern footy these days, Asia being too defensive and, you know, everyone's coming out and being a critic at the moment and saying, you know, let's, let's change the game, let's make a 16 aside or let's not kick backwards and these sort of things. Um, what's your take on modern footy and, and what do you think we need to do to make the game, you know, more, more spectator friendly, I guess? Well, that's a, that's a tough question, Bill. I think, look, I, I don't enjoy watching it because I think it's, it, it is boring. I don't think it's entertaining. Now, and, you know, like you have 30, 30 players in an area of 25 metres or, you know, like, you know, how they all hustle and, and do all that. Now, I know the, the coaches and, and, and it, it's nothing like it used to be, you know, play positions, play one man and whatever. How you can actually change that? Well, I think they do need to actually take some reasonably drastic steps in changing that, whether it's actually and how they go about that, there's a lot more experts than me that, that'll be looking into that. But, and I know they've gone to 666, I don't think that's helped at all because once that's done and dusted, she's back to normal. Uh, look, do you, do you zone and say, right, they have to actually be in that position, you know, like ball ups and whatever you can own. You know, you don't want 25 players to be in it. So it's, it's, it's a hard one. Uh, do you have two? maybe two less players on the on the ground I think I don't think that's going to help I think you have to zone it somehow how are you going to actually zone that you know I know they've, they've tried pre-season footy a little bit differently a couple of years ago I can't remember what they used to call it it wasn't that enjoyable on a, on a square oval on that they, they need they they definitely need to do something about it yeah AFLX they do need to do something about it because it's not as entertaining, in my opinion, as it used to be. And, um, and look, even in SNFL, you know, like the, the negative side of it's coming and, and the zoning and that, it's not as, I don't think, as, as compressed as the AFL. Um, but the skills, one thing it actually has done is it actually has improved the skills of the players because their reactional time, um, in close and all that has to be the best and you do notice that most of them the way they actually are they are aware of where most people are and the quick give and in and out and whoever can transition that out the best will normally win the game because those that turn over as we know lose the game very good point Ajian. You played the 15 games of state footy, as I mentioned at the start, and you've absolutely played with some of the, the all-time greats like Platts, Jars, um, sadly Mike Nally, who passed away. Yeah, recently. yeah, that was sad. Yeah, these sort of guys. And um, yeah, talk to us through this experience and what it was like going against that, the big bang, because speaking of rivalry, talk about, you know, Port Norwood, but SA and Victoria, there's no bigger rivalry than that. Yeah, look, that uh, when I, I came on board into the state game, I think it was Bob Hammond early, uh, in 83 we had Bob Hammond that was, I don't know, I can't even remember when I first started Bob Hammond and then you, Cornsey Cornsey came as state coach and Cornsey was brilliant because actually state training was harder than your normal training 
Because Cornsey was saying, mate, we're representing the state. We need to actually represent them and be proud to do that and, and put in the results. So I think he brought the players together from that point of view extremely well. Like he could coach, a very good coach as well. But of course you had the Kernahans, Motley, Bradley, Platten, Filkey. Uh, there was there was heaps of them. So um, the games, particularly at Adelaide Oval, there was one at 89, I reckon it was, at, um, at the MCG when it was wet the whole week and we got smashed. And I remember running out there for the first time and the crowd, there's 80 or 90,000 there, I'd never heard anything like it before. Just hovered over the ground, of course, when, when Victoria ran out. Uh, we, were, we were completely outclassed. They had the players like Burton, Dipper Domenico, um, Plugger Lockett, Gary Lyon, Ablett, you know, like, oh, sensational. And actually, I remember in that game, it's funny how you just remember something I'm thinking, Lockett's at full forward, so I've actually come across about second or third quarter to cut off a lead, and I'm thinking, man, I'm dead here. Oh, I'm in a lot of trouble. Thank goodness he missed me, you know, because they're big blokes. So we were smashed in that one. But the, the games at Adelaide Oval, um, at Footy Park, in, in the uh, 80s, we won our fair share more than, more than not. And um, it was always good to beat them because they had Teddy Witten, of course, the late, great Teddy Witten. They were always pumping, he was always pumping himself up, which they do, and the like. But our quality that we had as Platten, Bradley, uh, Anderson, you know, Macca, we had, our talent was as good as their talent. You know, they obviously had, their competition was probably a bit stronger than us, but when you're talking about the elite and those that played state footy, we matched up very well, and of course our, the results speak for themselves. And in terms of uh, VFL and AFL, um, was there any ever any temptation to, to go and play in the VFL slash AFL? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I got... It's actually interesting. I grew up supporting Richmond. I had the Richmond poster on, on my wall. Royce Hart, you know, Bruce Monteith, Sheedy, Malthouse, Balm, of course. Um, they had some great players. Tommy Hafey being the coach that he was. So I, I love the, the, the Tigers and then... I signed a Form 4 with Richmond in 1981. Sorry, 1980. Now, 81, I had my best year. I should have waited a year to sign that. Instead of getting four grand, I probably could have got 40. But, you know, and I had a... I didn't go purely, I think, more anxiety than anything. But I love the Tigers and had the opportunity to go to uh, Carlton, St Kilda, Sydney. I remember Don Roach, who was the president of the SNFL, he went to work for Sydney. He rang me and said, you know, so I go over there and, and I get to meet Dr. Jeffrey. Big piano, sit there and have a chat to them. You know, and I'm thinking, man, look, I look back and think probably I, I just should have gone. But sort of Essendon, of course, I went for a couple of weeks and I just, I can make all the excuses under the sun, but I guess it was anxiety and, and just didn't want to step out of the, the un, uh, to the unknown, so to speak. So I look back with that and probably do regret that a little bit, why I didn't go, because I had the opportunity to go to that and Essendon and, and with, under Sheedy and that, 
I can make all the excuses under the sun, you know, bad back, which happened and all that, but but uh, probably, yeah, should have bitten the bullet and gone. In 81, though, you did win McGarry, so you made a pretty good choice from that perspective. Um, what an amazing achievement, though, to win Sample's highest, or SNFL was back in those days, highest individual award, actually. Yeah, look, I just had a, had a, a pretty, pretty good year and uh, got plenty of the footy. I started at a half-forward flank, obviously, in my 79, 80. 80 started going on ball, and then 81 was full-time ruck club. And in fact, my tag team man in 81, or, or probably about 81 onwards, ruck roving duo was Keith Thomas. And, and Keith was, I reckon, very underrated as a player. You know, like very professional. Uh, he, was, he was a very good player. Um, got plenty of the ball, so we were not a bad tag team. And uh, in 81, yeah, we just, I don't know, sometimes I was fit, I was healthy, and, and you know, you, you work hard. It's amazing, though, when you, when you are fit. And, and you can actually see it if you look back at games and you think, man, you just would run, you know? And, and okay, reading the play and doing all those sort of things, um, yeah, you get a bit of luck with that as well, but you know, like you can either do that or you can't. So that certainly helped. We had a good side. We had a pretty solid side. We got to the prelim. I remember the prelim. We we played Glenelg in the prelim, and we were we were going all right. And we got to the prelim, and the weather was atrocious. It was the probably the windiest I've seen, and the base kicked with the wind, and the wind turned. So they had three quarters of it, and we just got, you know, and that, it, it's a sad sometimes that actually things like that happen and can, look, affect the game like it did. Um, I'm not saying we would have won, but that now, playing indoors these days as they do, that would have been actually good because I used to say that the best days to play footy was overcast, like no wind and overcast, and I was just say, yeah, if you can't play today, you can't play. <laughs> You know. And I heard from a little birdie as well, actually, that you're not a bad tennis player, but recently you're up 5 love, 40 love, <laughs> playing against your son. <laughs> what happened, mate? Mate, I don't know where you were. What did he post that, did he? Oh, no, look, um, I've got to let him down easy that uh, he was spitting the dummy there for a while. You know, like, things weren't going his way, so I thought I'd just actually relax a bit and just go for everything. You know, I, I dropped my standard a bit just to appease him a bit. So, no, look, he he actually started to improve a fair bit, and um, I I wasn't going to net. I'm starting back. I have rallies, and he can hit a reasonable ball. His backhand's pretty average, but um, so he always gets on the on the forehand and hits it pretty well. So yeah, look, he managed to actually. I don't know if it was that it was that five five zip or five one and forty love. He tells everyone it was, but. Anyway, you know, like he, he, he's excellently improved and uh, I need to pick up my game, but I actually do that in the summer now. I have joined, I've joined Keith Thomas. He's, had a, he's got a group of guys at a Roslyn Park or something. We're going to have a hit of the summer. He's been doing it for seven or eight years. He's played doubles and it's actually, uh, it got cut short because of the old COVID. It's actually, you've got to keep moving. You know, you've got to keep doing something and, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, doubles is a heck of a lot easier than singles, let me tell you.
And actually, before we let you go, we'll just start finish off with a few quick questions. Your toughest opponent. Tony Giles, Port Adelaide, uh, first few years, very tough and strong. But of course, I guess later on, uh, Trevor Rowe used to tag me against Centrals, super fit, super disciplined, and, and did a very good job. Probably nutted me more times than I would have liked. And your funniest teammate you ever played with at Norwood? Oh, funniest? I don't know if there's anyone actually. Um, oh, well, Mac is a, a bit of a character. When Andrew Jarman came there, he was he was a very very much a character. Johnny Wynn had a very you know like a different sense of humour, and uh, Johnny Wynn was actually you want to talk about it, Johnny when I first got there, took me under his wing, and actually really you know just told me what to expect. We did a bit of training, extra training on a Sunday, just a bit of a mentor, and it was great to you know to have those sort of players that can actually bring those juniors on and just take a bit of time with us. And what's the uh, best prank that you came across when you were playing footy at Norwood or State footy or any other footy? The best what? The best prank that you came across. Paint? Prank. Prank. Oh, prank? Yeah. Um, oh, no, look, I probably can't tell that one. Because um, there was a few guys uh, did, did a few things at the, at the club. I would probably, what I thought was quite the humorous is that uh, Hugo Colasanti, like big Hugo, he's a big boy. And he's, he worked in the quarry that um, our president, Nero Ferraro owned. So he'd come out to training and he'd train and then he'd have a shower, like he'd dust all over him. He's having a shower and there's you know, six showers in that and he's washing his hair, you know, and Johnny, so he, he's put the shampoo on and then Johnny Wynn just squeezed the bottle for about five minutes. So he's washing his hair for about 20. And, and he didn't have any idea what was going on, so that was probably the best one I could actually tell without going into, into uh, territory I don't want to go into. <laughs> You've answered it very well. Well, Michael Ace, thanks so much for joining us for our first ever Live Legends of Bedway here at the Alma. Um, again, congratulations on your amazing career, mate. And uh, take, take care, all the very best. Uh, stay safe, obviously, with this COVID situation, and we'll speak again soon, mate. Good on you, Bedway. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Aisha. Thanks, Justin, as well. Thanks to the Amber as well. And everyone else that came along tonight. Thank you.